Welcome to the Rise Resolute Podcast. I'm Gina Meyer. I'm a doctor of physical therapy committed to empowering every woman to live a vibrant, fulfilling, experience-seeking, and healthy life. I am so excited to have Kristen Stokes with us today. She is a certified run coach and she's an avid marathoner. And um, I'm just super pumped to hear more about her individual journey. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. I'm so glad to have you here today and excited to get a little more into conversation with you about your running journey and, um, you know, last weekend and um, some of the other mental skills you draw on and all of these fun things. But before we go there, Kristen, will you give the listeners just a little more background on who you are? Sure. So I got into the running community, I guess, after I graduated college oh, 10 years ago now, I guess, at this point. Um, I'd been a soccer player. I'd played tons of sports my entire life. And, you know, I got done college and I was like, oh, well, now what do I do? Um, and then, re- and then, like, as I was graduating college, I was diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and running became kind of like my outlet. It was the one place where I felt strong again, like myself. So I slowly and surely became uh, addicted to running. I got that running bug. I started with a 5k and quickly found myself at the marathon distance within a year. <laughs> wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. Very cool. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. And so, um, before we jump into it, I think like, let's just talk about, um, you know, what happened last weekend first and put it out there and then we can kind of backtrack a little bit and, um, and maybe you can tell us some of the things that you pulled on during that experience and things that you used, um, you know, and other experiences that really challenge you, uh, that, that maybe are mental skills that you've learned through running, um, or other, or other challenges that you faced in your life. So why don't you walk us through Kristen? I know, um, you got back to running last weekend, running in a live race, right? And um, tell us a little bit about what happened. Sure. So, you know, I hadn't raced in, I would say, full-out raced a marathon over a year since 2019. I worked really hard in the past year, especially in the last four months, to get back to my prime running shape. Started the race. I should have known better. It was 50 when we started, and it felt cool, but, you know, it's definitely a little warm for a start of a race. Um, started going, I felt amazing for 12 miles. I was holding at 750 pace, felt great. Everything felt effortless. So effortless. I wasn't really focusing on fuel and nutrition and my, um, hydration strategy got to mile 13. And all of a sudden it was like, my body just shut down and the temperatures had quickly creeped up to the upper seventies. And there were some parts of the course where you were just getting beaded on sun with sun. Yeah. So quickly it became, you know, I always want to finish something. So my first initial reaction was like, okay, just slow down. It'll be okay. Just slow down. So I slowed it down by at least a minute. I think I was just like, okay, go your easy pace. Stayed there for about two miles, met my coach at the end of one loop. And that was the other thing. This course was nine loops of like, I think it was like right under three miles. Wow. So that What's the race again, Kristen? Which race? It was the McCurdy Marathon at Rockland State Park. Got it. Okay. All right. So you met your coach and what did the coach say? Yeah, I met my coach and she, we've been, she was holding my water and I handed her the one water bottle before I'd started the previous loop. And she's like, I knew something was wrong because it was still halfway full. Like you didn't drink anything. So she said, let's just like stop, regroup and try to get you hydrated. So we chugged a lot of electrolytes down. We walked for a little bit and I started to jog again. 
to see if I could do it. I got to mile 17 and I just looked at my coach. And I was just like, it's, it's not happening today. It's not safe. My heart rate was at 190. Oof. I was covered. I was covered in salt. And it was honestly just painful to even walk at that point. I was having a hard time breathing, just walking. So I was like, this is not good. And I could gut it out, but I was honestly like with the heat and just not being acclimated to it yet. I for sure was like, this just isn't worth it. It's so early in the race season. I'm not going to get an injury over this and I'm not going to put my health at risk, which is mentally so hard to do. Cause I've honestly never done that before, but I know my body and it's never felt like that. Yeah. Good for you. Good for you. And so I'm sure when you made that decision, it wasn't an easy one. And then walk us through your emotions, you know, immediately following the decision and then sort of where you are now. Yeah. So when we made the decision, like, okay, it's done. And we stopped our watches. My you know, I just looked at my coach and she said, like, I'm so sorry for you. And, you know, you're trying to hold your emotions. This was a small race. So, you know, there weren't many people there, but like everyone knew if you're going to pull out or not. And, you know, we get got to the one, you know, like with the loop start again and to physically have to walk off the race. It was, I would say it was more of a bruise to my ego at first. I was really ashamed, was embarrassed. It was like, how quickly can I get out of here? And um, didn't really want to talk to anyone. I asked my coach. I was pretty mute, I would say. It was more or less just like, can I hold back the tears before I get to the car? And by the time I got to the car to call my husband, I was bawling. And oh. <laughs> yeah, bawling. And I just, and he honestly, he's like, I don't even know what to say because nothing I say is going to make it better. And he's like, I know you're going to beat yourself up over this because you've never not finished one. I think I just like, I let all the emotions out. I think I cried the whole way back to the hotel. I cried in the shower, let myself regroup. And then finally, like, just started to think like, okay, it's all right. It's just one race. That's right. Yeah. You know, and this is just, I wanted to bring you on for many reasons, but one is just to put it out there because it is. And I think as we get back to in-person racing too, there's like a lot of pressure and a lot of really high expectations, you know, that we all have for ourselves. But the bottom line is you're right. It's one race. And I'm just like other things in life, you know, sometimes it's just one day or, you know, you have to just take things in stride and keep moving forward. And I really do firmly believe that we, you know, we learn a lot from these, you know, difficulties that we come up against um, in athletics and in life and you take that forward and it helps to build build up your inner strength and all of those things so um, let's let's take it back now um, Kristen do you feel like tell us some of the other challenges that you faced um, whether it's in running or in life that kind of prepared you for this moment and for others um, do you feel like that there were other other um, instances in your life where you faced challenge and you grew as a person Sure. So one that easily comes to mind when I was diagnosed with MS. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was, you know, I was only 21. So to receive that type of diagnosis so young, I honestly, I think I just shut down. I, and then the first neurologist I had was not the best. She basically told me like, oh yeah, your outlook on life is completely different. Like no physical activity. You're not going to be able to do anything, you know, give up sports. And it was like, uh, and that like really just put me in a bad state mentally. But then that's why I said I kind of found running and it gave me this opportunity to change my whole outlook on life. So I think I learned through that experience that even though something seems terrible at the time, it could always be worse and there are ways to overcome it in some way. Yeah. Like I'll always have it. There's no treatment for it, but there's ways to overcome this and to make myself, you know, 
better with it. I don't have to let that define me. That's right. Yeah. And just for listeners that are out there, you know, it's amazing, Kristen, that you're able to run and do marathons with a diagnosis of MS because, I mean, it, you know, you can be really heat sensitive and different things. So I think it's awesome that you chose to follow what your body was telling you and, you know, pause that race and, um, and you know, just accept that your body wasn't having it that day. But it's pretty phenomenal to think about the prolific marathoner that you are with the MS diagnosis. And it just goes to show you that, you know, you have to just um, keep going and don't let anyone tell you you can't, you know, like that neurologist thought, oh, you can't ever do physical activity and look at you. It's amazing. Um, so I love that. That's a really great piece of your story, I think. Um, so speaking of, um, you know, challenges and how we get through them. I know I have a firm belief that we as women um, have so much power to help one another on this journey, whether it's athletics and running um, or just in life. I just think we we all possess a power to lift each other up. And I'm wondering if you could tell us about um, a time or multiple times that you've witnessed the power that we have as women to help one another. I totally agree with that. One thing I always say is like, you need to surround yourself with women that are willing to lift you up. Yeah. Um, like the tribe you have is really important. And I just think like in general, in the running community, even in my work life and like my family, I've always tended to pick like one woman that I really look up to and kind of just focus on what they've done in their life to become successful. Um, you know, when I was younger in high school, I idolized my mom. You know, she was, you know, in that era, I would say the working the working mom wasn't, you know, the standard yet. And yes. she found a way to, you know, to have a full-time job, like to keep progressing her career and still have two kids at home. And she did a lot with us and, you know, didn't miss a beat. Was at every game, was at every event. We went on vacations. She just did it all. And I, to this day, don't know how she did it. Yes. Um, cause, cause God, we were traveling every weekend for sports or something else. So like, I always looked up to her cause she always had and if something was wrong, she just had this grace about her that you would never know. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love that you mentioned this too, because I think um, another big thing for me that I love to put out there is that we as women, we don't have to be only one thing. Um, and the fact that your mom was working and she was able to create that balance for you all and still be present as a mother, it's just testimony to that, that we don't have to pigeonhole ourselves into one thing. If staying at home with your children is your thing, that is awesome and that's great. And I'm sure there are other areas too that, you know, you passionate, people can be passionate about, but I just, I, I just really, really want to encourage people to remember that, you know, being multidimensional and pursuing your passions, um, even if you are a mother, um, it's okay. It makes us better. And so I think it's so fantastic that your mom was an example of that for you. Um, I think that's pretty amazing. Um, Definitely. Yeah. So, you know, let's talk a little bit more about your mental toolbox. Okay. I know that, you know, running helps to shape us. You already said how it kind of changed your outlook. Um, I'm sure it helped you develop grit and perseverance. Um, I, I really like talking about the athlete mindset and, you know, how we can harness these tools and use them not only on a day that we, you know, th that our body is not cooperating when we're trying to run a marathon, but also, you know, what, on any struggle that we, any day that we face a struggle in our lives, um, would you have a bad day, Kristen? What mental skills do you feel like you draw on um, to help you through? Sure. So if it's a bad day, I think my one thing I always try to do is I try to pause for a second yeah, and just take a breath, <laughs> like work, your personal life, anything. If you, something seems stressful that day or it's just not going right, I try to pause, take a breath, regroup, and just kind of think like, okay, this is not that bad. 
Right. And then from there, try to plan a way to either attack that certain situation or what can you do to make this situation better? And I think I try to always find a silver lining, right? Like, yes, things are bad, but there's something you can find out of there, whether it's a learning opportunity or, you know, maybe just teaches you something about yourself and then you're more prepared next time for it. That's right. Yeah. I love that. You know, and I love the looking for the silver lining, sort of that gratitude piece a little bit too. I feel like when we're, when I'm facing anyway, um, a day that is just, everything seems to be going wrong or I'm, I find myself sort of in a mental rut. I, I try to shift my mind to gratitude, even, you know, if I'm on a run and it's not going well, um, just as a, a little example, you know, I just think, gosh, there are people who want to run and cannot. And I'm so grateful for my body and, you know, just shifting that perspective, exactly. I think. Yeah. And looking for the silver lining. I love that. And I do, I, I really think, I mean, that one tool alone can change your life if you start to use it because we can choose to go down that path and just get ne- more and more negative and pessimistic and focus on the things, you know, that aren't going right. The things that we feel like, you know, we can't change or we can shift to gratitude um, you know, shift to the things that, that we, you know, we can control and go from there. I think it makes such a difference. So I love that. Um, so tell us a little bit, how do you see yourself, um, getting back out there to run another marathon and continuing to grow as an athlete, um, and a person over the, over the next coming months, um, and into 2022? Sure. So It sounds funny, but I had multiple people reach out to me after this race and they said, you need to mourn this race. I never really thought of it like that. Yeah, Yeah. you're right. I do need to mourn this race. So I, my husband and then some of my friends like take 48 hours. You deserve to feel whatever you want to feel. So I took those 40 hours, felt everything I wanted to feel, whether it was pity. Oh, I feel bad for myself. Why this happened? What went wrong? You know, all the things that, you know, the negative thoughts, I gave myself some time to feel it. And then right after that, like I think yesterday, I, I had a coach, my coach call me, we had a call to discuss the fall strategy. And I said, like, let's make a plan. Let's execute this. Like not all is lost, you know, silver lining, my base is there. I had a phenomenal training. My fitness is there. Um, like, let's go after this now. So we essentially regrouped, made a plan and strategy. And now I'm ready to get out there and go. Um, I signed up for the wine glass marathon in the fall. So going to go out for that one and go all out and try to get my PR. I love it. Yeah. And I, you know, this is so true. I think it's true for anything in life to allow ourselves the space to mourn that loss. And I love how you say 48 hours because that's perfect, right? It's not like let's wallow in this for a few weeks or months. You know, it's like let's let ourselves ourselves feel the emotions, you know, for a set amount of time and then regroup. And um, But I do think that giving ourselves the space to, you know, feel those emotions, to mourn the loss of whatever it is um, really helps us to sort of lay the foundation foundation for whatever is coming next. Would you agree? I totally agree because I've been in those situations like where you mourn it forever and then you end up kicking yourself later because you're like, oh my God, I just wasted three weeks where I could have been you know, moving forward or at least deciding what to do next. That's right. That's right. And, you know, this is so applicable in life, too. I think it's a really good, um, you know, sort of a cross advice for for life situations as well. You know, we can wallow in things and we can beat ourselves up and we can be sad or sometimes like we won't forgive ourselves for mistakes that we make. And that's just not productive. We just have this one precious life to live. And my mom, when she was alive, used to always say, just forgive yourself for any mistakes you make 
make and move on, move forward and, you know, fail better next time kind of thing, you know, and it really is powerful. Yeah, it really is. So um, let's talk a little bit about your priorities, Kristen. Um, I always like to hear from the athletes um, some, some one, one or two things that you prioritize in your life. Sure. So I would say my overall well-being and health. So it's like mental health always comes first to me too. Cause I think, you know, as a runner, if you're not into it, it's, it's not going to get done. And it's not enjoyable. So I always make sure like that mentally I'm in it and that, you know, it's fun still. It should be fun. Like, yes, we're training for something, but it should always be fun. So if I'm ever having a day or a week where I'm just overwhelmed or, you know, it's just not enjoyable anymore. Like I've learned to kind of step back from that and just say like, okay, like, okay, I need a break. Like just recognizing that. So I think mental is definitely a priority for me. And I would say my overall health, making sure that I'm healthy and making healthy decisions and then sleep. <laughs> like I am not very good at functioning at my best self if I don't get sleep. Yeah. So like people always laugh. I'm in bed usually at like 10 PM most nights. Um, I just know I function better when I get that full eight hours. That's definitely a priority for me. And then I think another big thing that I've learned over the past, what's like year or so is the beauty of rest and self-care. Like, I just think as women, sometimes we forget like, Hey, we just treat ourselves really well too. So I think just taking, like, I always take my Sundays a day as like my me day. I do something that's enjoyable to me or just having alone time, whether that's, you know, going to get your nails done, reading a book somewhere, just enjoying a glass of wine out back or something, just something that makes it special to me and it's my time. And yeah. it's really important as women. Yeah, totally. I completely agree with that. And I think that um, making time to t- kind of spend that alone time and tap into your emotions and how you're feeling. And I actually recently started doing, I used to do goals at the beginning of the year, which I know is cheesy, but I started doing goals at the beginning of the month. And I set aside an hour or two to just sort of sit with my feelings and think about, you know, my different professional and personal goals. And even that coveted time of just a couple hours once a month, Kristen, I'm like, this is so meaningful to me. But I agree on a week weekly basis, just taking time. And that can help get us out of a rut too, right? You know, you're having a bad day. Okay, what's what's one small thing I can do today that would bring me joy? You know, maybe it's just put on a good song and just sit there for five minutes and listen. You know what I mean? Exactly. Um, yeah, these little things that can make a big difference in our mindset. And going back to mindset, I like that you talked about prioritizing your mental health. Um, I want to talk about that just a little bit more for a minute here. And that's um, in two ways. One is that I believe that if anyone is out there and considering running, um, I want to put a plug in for the mental benefits that come from running, um, including, I mean, confidence, stress management, resiliency, all of these mental benefits that come along with running. And those are the things that we believe in over at ARC, um, Active Resolute Connected. We break barriers and bring women to running and empower them. Um, through all of those mental and physical benefits. Um, And also, like you said, if you are a seasoned runner, to remember, yes, it should be fun. In life, we should be having some fun in the things that we do, right? So if it's not fun, let's just stop and reassess for a minute. You know, obviously emptying the dishwasher and these other, like some things aren't fun, (laughs) but we do have some flexibility, right, Kristen? So we should be asking ourselves, am I enjoying my life? You know, do I like what I'm doing? Yeah. And if you're no longer happy training for a marathon, I mean, run a 5k then, you know, change it up, make yourself happy. 
Yeah, totally. So such good points there. Thank you so much. Um, so um, last question, and then we'll let you share how people can follow you and find out um, about what you do. But the last question, I just wanted to ask if you have any other words of encouragement you would like to put out there for other women who might be listening. Sure. So I would say running is a journey. It's not defined by one run, race, or workout. you yeah. got to you got to put the work in and it will eventually pay off. And it's not immediate. I would say that for sure. I would say, and also no dream is too big and don't ever give up on it. And don't let anyone tell you that your dream is too big. Yes. Love it. You're speaking my language there. No dream is too big. And I would add to that and it's never too late. It literally is never too late. Never too late. Yeah. Um, love it. Okay. Well, Kristen, will you share um, how people can find you? I know you have a blog and you're a coach and a few other things. So just tell them how they can find you if they want to get connected. Sure. So you can follow me on Instagram. Um, my handle is K underscore Stokes, S-T-O-K-E-S 829. And then I am also a certified running coach. I coach under the Run With Alley program. And that's on Instagram as Run With Alley. And if you're interested in coaching, from me you can reach me um on my instagram through messages there or you can go to the run with ally page and just ask for myself or ally and we'll be happy to take you on um and then a lot of my like my blog links and anything else that i've written about running is right in my instagram profile there's a link right to it perfect okay awesome i encourage all you listeners out there to um go follow Kristen. and um yeah so just a couple more questions left for you a real quick um rapid fire here at the end to put a little more positivity out there so are you ready to wrap up with these last few questions <laughs> i'm ready <laughs> okay awesome um so we talked about priorities and you know the bigger things you prioritize in life but i want to hear now just a few simple things Kristen, that bring you joy in your day-to-day life sure um my dog, Boomer, he honestly brings a smile to my face every day. And if I'm happy at that day, I swear he knows. He's extra cuddly that day. Um, my husband, of course, I feel like it takes a certain type of spouse to be married to a runner. Because there are just some things that people don't understand if you're not a runner. So I think it's just a special type of partner. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. I feel like that he almost didn't know what he was signing up for. <laughs> Um, and I would just say, like, the simple things in life, like my friends and my family, honestly, my job still brings me joy. And, like, I just feel like I'm always learning something. And that brings me joy. I love learning. Um, and then just, you know, the silly things like coffee, that makes me happy. Nice. <laughs> It makes me very happy too. I don't know what my life would be without the coffee. Um, (laughs) Anyway, awesome. Okay, the last two are complete the sentence. So, um, and this is kind of going out to all the listeners. Um, So complete the sentence for me, Kristen. Um, You can, you can. You can achieve anything you put your mind to and the work into. Yeah, I like that addition. You have to put your mind and heart into it and you have to be willing, willing to do the really work. put the work in. That's right. Yeah, you know, um, there's a really fun and awesome quote that's, uh, it talks about how many opportunities are missed because um, it actually looks like hard work and we just aren't willing to do the hard work to take advantage of opportunities. Yeah, go outside your comfort zone. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Exactly. Awesome. Okay, last one. Um, again, going out to all the listeners, never forget. Never forget. Never forget your why. 
Yes. My favorite. Woo. Love it. Um, I actually just posted like a few days ago on the Rise Resolute Instagram feed. Start with why. And it's just so important. Start your day with why. Why did I get up this morning? What do I want to achieve? You know, what is my mission with work and with running, you know, with my interpersonal relationships? It's just, it's so important when we can uh, take a moment to be intentional in our lives and just break out of that, that urge to go on autopilot. Right, Kristen? I agree. I would say when I played soccer, um, there was a quote by Mia Hamm that was essentially, I think it's like, remember why you play. And it essentially is saying to remember that you, while you're playing soccer, it's for that little girl when she first stepped onto the field and played for the first time. Yeah. Essentially like, what's your why? So I like, I actually still carry that quote around with me a lot because even though it applies to soccer, it can be applied to so many other things. Like yeah. what is your why? If you don't have a why, then maybe you're not passionate about it and you should re reevaluate. So there should be a big why as to why you're doing what you're doing. Cause that's what's going to motivate you and keep you going. Yeah. Oh man. I love it so much. Perfect. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here with me today. I've enjoyed the conversation. I know there are many good things ahead for you um, in your, in the running space and also um, I'm sure in your personal life as well, but thank you so much, Kristen. Thank you so much for reaching out to me. This is great. Yeah, this was, a, this was a lot of fun. And thank you so much, listeners, for coming on this ride with us today. Um, I hope you got some new perspective and some motivation. And we'll listen to Kristen and remember um, many pieces of good advice. Surrounding yourself with women who can lift you up. Remembering that running is a journey and you have to be willing to put the work in. And also remembering that no dream, no dream is too big. We are so much stronger together. Let's lift each other up. Connected, we can rise.